Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good. Now, today's topic's a little bit different, but but bear with us because it's actually funny. Uh, one of my friends who was teaching a, a nutrition course, and I told her I was talking about wheat middlings this week, and she's like, oh my goodness, send me the link because I got to talk about it in class. Ah. So we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, she was, you know, Dr. Angie Atkin down there in Florida, she was going to teach it this week. And I said, oh, it's perfect timing. So we're going to talk about it in the podcast just to get this started, you know, to the listeners are like, wheat middlings. Okay, why do I want to know about this? So why are we talking about it? You know, wheat mids, as they're commonly referred to, are an ingredient that is very common across a lot of horse feeds, all different manufacturers, different types of feed. And sometimes, or should I say often, people have a misconception that it's like a junk or a filler ingredient. Uh, literally someone once said, well, that's the stuff they sweep off the floor at the mill. And and that's absolutely not true. So today's podcast just kind of came up because, you know, we've gotten some of those comments and thought it would be a good opportunity to discuss the positive attributes of wheat mitts, talk about why as feed manufacturers, we include them in formulations. And then we can touch on some of the limitations as well. In no way should the takeaway be, let me go find some wheat mids and feed those straight to my horse. But as with many things in moderation, they have great attributes. Yeah, no, 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 it's very true. It's very true. I use quite often. And I guess just to kind of kick that off, I I mean, what are wheat mids? So they're not swept off the floor. We know that. But what are they? How are they processed? Yeah, definitely not swept off the floor. And maybe once upon a time, there were horrible wheat mints. I don't know. I I can only speak for the experience I have with Tribute and the ingredient quality standards we set. Um, But they are very, very tightly controlled specs on what is allowable for wheat mints for us anyways. So wheat mints are a byproduct or co-product of the flour milling industry. So they take whole wheat, not an ingredient you really see in horse feeds at all. They go through multiple different steps, but in the end, as a byproduct of extracting most of the starch for use in flour, you end up with a couple different components that are left, the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. Those are what end up in wheat mids. And part of the reason it's called wheat middlings is because it kind of the stuff that comes out in the middle of that process of actually going from whole wheat to flour. Well, there you bring it up. So they, they, they take out the starch because when I, when I hear wheat, you know, I instantly go, okay, starchy, grainy, higher NSC. So my question would be, what is, you know, what's, what's it made up of nutritionally, you know, what, what are the nutritional components of wheat mids? That is a great question. So whole wheat in terms of NSC really falls between oats and whole corn or even cracked corn. So oats are about 54% NSC. Your corn is going to be about 75% NSC. Whole wheat is in the lower 60s on an NSC scale. But 
for the folks that are producing flour, that's the part they want. So a lot of that is extracted during this manufacturing process. And the NSC is cut about little more than half when you go from whole wheat to wheat mids. So roughly about 25% NSC is contained in your wheat mids. In terms of other nutrients, they're a pretty good protein source. So about 16 to 17% crude protein. Like many other ingredients that do contribute towards that crude protein value, they are lacking in essential amino acids. So even though they're a pretty good source of protein, they're not all of the quality protein the horse needs. They are a good source of digestible fiber. So not going to be as high as something like soy hulls, but the nice thing, unlike some other byproducts like your rice hulls or your oat hulls that are essentially indigestible, wheat mitts do bring some good quality fiber into the diet. And then they do have a sprinkling of some other nutrients. So one that's pretty notable from a formulation standpoint is that wheat mitts by themselves are high in phosphorus, low in calcium very similar to other wheat products like wheat bran. So it's something we need to keep in mind when creating a balanced diet. Then it also has some B vitamins and some other smaller trace minerals as well, zinc, manganese, et cetera. It will say when it comes to those micronutrients, the amount it's bringing into the diet is relatively small. So yes, they're a nice little bonus, but often we're adding additional sources of those because pretty much with any of your big macro ingredients, we're mostly looking at things like protein, fiber, NSC value, and then a little boost of other nutrients that come along as well. Now, it's interesting you say that. So, so the NSC, you know, obviously straight wheat is, is very high. We we don't feed those grains anymore. We shouldn't. So I'm sitting here thinking, thinking you know, when you, you get it down to a 25%, maybe 30% if they didn't quite get enough starch out of it. How do you balance that when you're formulating a feed? Because we, you know, we want our feed, most feeds are lower NSC today, right? So from your standpoint, you know, you you mix this, it, it's just so much, I know complex math, but just a quick and easy way to understand, you know, how would you balance that out to, to, to drop that NSC level? Absolutely. So yeah, I, I couldn't make a pellet that was mostly wheat mids and still hit that lower NSC target. However, it makes a nice backbone ingredient. So obviously if the product was primarily composed of wheat mids, the NSE would be too high, the whole thing wouldn't be balanced. But if we can include some proportion of wheat mids, like I said, it makes a nice backbone. I think there's a little bit of a misconception that it's a cheap ingredient. Absolutely not cheap and the market varies, um, but it is a reasonably priced ingredient that isn't crazy high in NSE. So then we can balance that with our very, very low NSE ingredients, our soy hulls, our dehydrated alfalfa, our ground beet pulp. So we kind of add those to that wheat mitts base in differing proportions, depending on the target NSE of that product, recognizing that the calories that are there are very digestible. Some NSC, digestible fiber, so they make a good backbone. The other part of that, obviously there's a cost perspective because your very low NSC ingredients are very expensive. So that kind of helps us balance those. But on top of that, wheat mints actually help a lot with the pelleting process. So they're an ingredient that really helps those pellets bind together. That's one of their natural properties. So from that perspective, when I'm also putting together a feed, absolutely, I'm thinking about the nutritional components. How can I hit the target NSE that I would like? 
what do I have to do to balance the calcium to phosphorus ratio, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I could put together something that looked so lovely on paper or in my formulation software. But if the components aren't there to actually make a pellet, no one wants to open a bag of feed that is half fines, that really, really small particle stuff because the horses don't eat that. It gets wasted. So wheat mids do bring that advantage to your formulation as well, that it naturally binds together, particularly because some of your lower NSC ingredients by themselves don't bind as well. So when it comes to formulation, it's all about balance. And there is both science and art to it as well that you're looking to balance when you are doing that. So I think ultimately probably the takeaway on wheat mids Yes, they're a moderate NSE ingredient. And I couldn't use all of that, but they're low enough and they pellet well that I can make it a base ingredient in a lot of feeds and then add all that really good stuff that lets us hit our ultimate target while still coming with good quality nutrients in the base. So in lowering, I'm thinking, okay, what would you add? I mean, I could see you in like a lab, like a chemist, like, okay, if I add a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and I'll get the perfect balance. So what are some of the feeds that actually balance out that NSC? I'm just curious because I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what are all the things in a horse feed? What are some of those that are really low in NSC that would drop that 25% down to say a 12 to 15%? Yeah. So instead of a lab, I'm actually in front of my computer, usually with my AirPods on, like jamming out while I formulate. But uh, they're kind of the common ingredients that we talk about. So when you're looking at low NSC, you have to replace the calories with something else. So we have fat and good quality fiber. So fat can sometimes be part of that replacement. Do I want a high fat feed? I can add things like extruded bean meal, uh, ground flax, modern NSC and ground flax, pretty low in extruded soybean meal. The lowest NSC thing, the only thing that's essentially zero are your true fats. So I might use soybean oil, canola oil, things like that. And then I'm thinking about my fiber sources. Those are low NSC as well. And we want the ones with good quality fiber. Soybean hulls would be a really common one, super digestible, very low NSC. Because remember they came from a legume that is high protein. So there's not even a whole lot of NSC to pull out in the first place. And then what's left has very, very little. Dehydrated alfalfa meal, that's a good source of a low NSC ingredient. Ground beet pulp as well, um, or beet pulp shreds. Like maybe I'm making a textured feed and I have some wheat mids that help me bind together that pellet, but I have a lot of beet pulp shreds in the final mix to help keep NSC low as well. So it's a lot of different directions that we can go. You'll often see, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't completely wheat mid free pellets, but it's a super common ingredient you would see in many, many horse feeds because it does make that nice backbone. And again, we're always worried about pellet quality. So it has a lot of advantages from that perspective as well. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. It, it gives me a lot of respect for what you do. And, and like you said, jamming out, trying to figure out, okay, if I add this, I add that and, and, and just balancing feeds. It's, it's incredible what equine nutritionists do out there. It, is it listed on a, on a feed tag as wheat mids, you know, or is there any other names that you might come across? Great question. So on a specific terms feed tag, you will see wheat mids as the specific ingredient. It can be grouped under grain byproducts if we're using collective terms. 
Of course, there are other things that go under grain byproducts as well. So you can't be sure that wheat mins is what falls under that category, but often it would be again, because it's such a common ingredient across many different pellet formulations. Now, when we, we opened this up and you were talking about them in, in, in days gone by, like I always talk about, you know, feeding straight corn. I can't believe we did that. Or people still street fi- feed straight oats. You know, people still mm-hmm. do that. Wheat mids, you, you kind of alluded to that. You wouldn't want to feed this directly to your horse, right? Sure. Not because it isn't a good ingredient, but there are mm-hmm. very few things that by themselves are perfectly balanced to feed to a horse. So are there some individuals where 25% NSC might be appropriate? Absolutely. But the macro and micronutrients wouldn't be balanced. Maybe we want some other fiber sources in there. We absolutely want to add lysine, methionine, threonine, those essential amino acids. So I I can't say I've ever actually observed someone feeding straight wheat mids. I'm not going to say it's impossible though, because I've seen people feed all sorts of stuff. But going back to lots of things can be good in moderation, but by itself, obviously, no, it's not what you would want to feed as the complete diet of your horse. Yeah. 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 Good, good advice. So just, and I know this is kind of a shorter podcast, but again, like you said, a lot of people bring it up and and it's being taught at, at university level uh, to students. Any concerns about wheat middlings at all from your perspective as a nutritionist? No, I don't have any concerns. Again, everything in moderation. I I wouldn't want to create a pellet that was 100% wheat mids with a sprinkling of nutrients, but otherwise it's a very useful ingredient. That's not to say that there might not be the rare individual that has a true allergy to it, but as we've talked about, food allergies are relatively rare. I've maybe run into one or two people that are concerned about wheat mids from an allergy perspective. I think it's more that there's just kind of scary myths out there about it being a junk filler ingredient and ultimately it's not all right well i i mean i i don't know which more we can say about wheat mids they're they're safe they're effective they're a good ingredient in our horse feeds look for them on your feed tags again if you have any questions or concerns you know you can always contact us the link is in the show notes or you can go to tribute click the contact us button uh, fill that out if you have any questions or worries or any topics that you want to hear about, like wheat middlings or is there any other ingredients that you're like, ooh, you know, I'm not sure I want to feed that to my horse or not. Please contact us and we'll get back to you. And then it could be ended up as a podcast topic. Also, just want us to thank to everybody that's given us five star reviews on Spotify and iTunes. Thank you so much. Helps the circulation of the podcast and also gets this information out to horse owners worldwide. And we do have a global audience listening. So thank you for that. And, you know, Nicole, thanks for your, for what you do. Like you said, jamming out on the headphones, but so important to keep our horses healthy and happy. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris.